Good morning, yogis. As I was walking in here, I thought, perhaps we've said everything that needs to be said. (laughs) But I'll add a few more words. So a few days before this retreat came to teach this retreat, I was in the woods with my uh, husband and we found these nuts. And we're like, what are these nuts? They were all over under some trees. So um, we did an internet search. It sounds like we do a lot of internet searches, doesn't it? Um, so we did an internet search and found out that it was a pig nut hickory tree. And it was called a pig nut hickory tree because um, they used to feed the nuts to the pigs. The pigs could eat them, but they weren't so great for humans. So my husband's kind of scrolling through the description of this tree, and he says to me, this tree symbolizes holding on to something that should be released or let go of. First of all, I'm not sure who decides what tree symbolizes what. Um, (laughs) But so he said, the tree symbolizes holding on to something that should be released. And then he added, this is not a very Buddhist tree. (laughs) And I said, well, actually, I kind of think it is a Buddhist tree because it's talking about holding on and letting go, right? Which is what we've been talking about the whole three-month retreat. And I've been wanting to um, share this, and I realized, you know, this is my chance. (laughs) But this is a great question for your heart, not your mind, mind will come up with stories. But asking your heart, perhaps, at this point in the retreat, what are you holding on to that should be released or is time to let go of? Maybe, and take the quiet answer. If you ask, take the... Take the first answer and the quietest answer. The heart has so much wisdom when we when we slow down and listen to it. We listen to our minds so much. And you all know the mind just makes up the craziest stuff. So much of it unhelpful. <laughs> so we can get quiet and listen to the heart. What are we holding on to that should be released. Maybe we're holding on to concentration. It's time to release that clinging, holding on. Maybe we are holding on to a quiet mind and maybe it's time to let go of that. Maybe we're holding on to a story about ourselves that's outdated and full of delusion. Maybe we can let go of that. Maybe we're holding on to a resentment that is long past its due date. Maybe we're just holding on to the idea of a perfect breath. We haven't had one yet and we're still working for it. Maybe we're holding on to the idea that we 
should have gotten more from this retreat or that if we try hard these last few days we will get whatever that was that we didn't get. What can be released in our heart? We come to retreats with the idea that we're going to get something, and, you know, that's not an unreasonable thought. (laughs) On a conventional level, that makes sense. Why would you do all this work? takes a long time to get our minds and hearts around the idea that we're not actually trying to get anything. We're hoping to release, to let go, to put down the burdens that we carry, the stress that we add to this wild, complicated thing called a human life. It's not addition. Practice isn't addition, it's subtraction. And what we're subtracting is contraction, stress, clinging, and holding on to what should be released. putting our burdens down. And slowly we acclimate to the spaciousness of our own heart and mind. And it might just be moments, maybe two or three moments strung together where we have some taste of the potential of this heart-mind that has released its burdens, released holding on, opened the fist. And the natural beauty, beautiful qualities that have room to emerge, have space to shine, like compassion, metta, gratitude, appreciation, tranquility. Joy, equanimity,
and the peace of deep rest, the ultimate yearning of our heart. And before you think she's talking about somebody else rather than me, Ajahn Chah said that being a monk or a practitioner is knowing about letting go, but being unable to do it about 90% of the time. So we have patience with our heart. Here's a story from Sharon Salzberg's book, Real Life. Joseph struck up a conversation with the young man working behind the counter. After a few minutes, he told Joseph that he'd never left left Houston and went on to describe somewhat passionately how his dream was one day to go to Wyoming. When Joseph asked him what he thought he would find there, he responded, open, expansive space, a feeling of being unconfined with peacefulness and freedom and room to move. Joseph responded, there's an inner Wyoming too, you know. At that point, the young man fixed a stare at Joseph and said, that's freaky, as he he sidled away. But I don't think you guys think that's freaky. (laughs) So where's your inner Wyoming? (laughs) And don't go for a long, you know, two-month camping and hiking trip. Don't aim for that. (laughs) Just put your foot in your inner Wyoming every once in a while, and that counts. We acclimate. We get to know that wide-open, expansive space with room to move. So I'm going to end with a poem that a student sent me yesterday, or that I received yesterday. I think it fits very well. The sky will meet you. If you take the time to gaze upward, lying nurtured by the ground, the sky will meet you where you are. No questions asked, no problem to be solved. Come as you are. Open the sky door into the vastness. Let the sky do you, rock you in its eternal rhythm, a rhythm so familiar in your bones, in your dream time. Let the layers of confusion of trying to figure it out, get it right, prove something to someone, perhaps yourself. Let the layers dissolve into stardust. If you gaze long enough or in just a blink, perhaps you'll glimpse star twinklings in the blue day sky. Hear the sky's whisper on the breeze, 
Come as you are. Let the vastness rock you awake.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.